Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to Mapping the College Audition, a podcast where we explore the landscape of the college theater world and try to demystify this daunting audition process. I'm your host, Charlie Murphy, director of MTCA. That's Musical Theater College Auditions. And today, we've got a what-would-you-do-for-a-Klondike kind of show lined up for you. David Coolidge from Ohio Northern is on the show for a lively discussion of their program. Um... Things are pretty good in the MTCA world. Uh, our seniors are getting off wait lists daily, so keep checking out our website and social media for the updates. Some big programs, some exciting movement, which is great for our students. Um, as for the juniors, you only have, as this drops, about a week left to register for the all-summer faculty masterclasses at a discount. Uh, that comes with all the bonus events included at no extra cost, the Broadway Q&As, the talkbacks after the show, the uh, alumni student parent Q&A, parent meeting, etc. So please jump on that soon if you want to participate in the full week. We are nearing capacity already there. Um, otherwise, life is pretty good with me. My family is a delight. I've survived the ravages of solo daddy duty and come out the end stronger and a more resilient man. Uh, Elizabeth and I also just attended a wedding last night and are getting excited for our wedding this fall. You know, a wedding is like putting on a big show, except the tickets are free and you only get one shot at it. Not an easy feat to pull off. But onward we strive, and to this interview with David Coolidge from Ohio Northern. Well, we are so excited to have David Coolidge from Ohio Northern University on the pod today. Uh, David has a BFA from CCM and an MFA from the University of North Carolina at Greensboro. Uh, he's a performer. He's in the Broadway National Tour of Parade. He was with Deaf West Theater in their Big River. Lots of regional credits, lots of directing credits. He's a director at Theater Works. Also a professor formerly at UNC Greensboro and Anderson University before now becoming the head of musical theater at Ohio Northern, which is located in Ada, Ohio. They take classes of about 12 to 15 and offer many degrees, including a degree in BFA in music theater. David, welcome on the pod. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me today. I'm so excited to chat with you. Is there anything, I gave that little brief bio, anything else that I missed in terms of there of like tidbits or fun facts of sort of your journey to Ohio Northern that we'd want to we want to catch and get to know you before we dive into the school? Well, I'll give you the tiniest, uh, well, a, a quick a quick rundown. We'll see. Ohio Northern University, I'm from Findlay, Ohio. I was a show choir kid from Findlay, Ohio back in the day. And my first paid professional gig as an actor was at Ohio Northern Summer Theater. Mm. Back in the day when a lot of the universities used to do those summer programs before there were so many, you know, summer stock contracts and everything. And uh, so I had had a... Uh, 
the faculty spoke into my life in a very meaningful way very early on in my trajectory. And I ended up at CCM. Um, that journey really happened because of my interaction with the faculty at um, Ohio Northern. Mm -hmm. And then um, I was in New York for 10 years, LA for four years. And then when I was at Theater Works, I started out as an assistant director, moved up to director, and then became their assistant artistic director. And during that time, uh, Ohio Northern had me uh, back on campus as a, you know, for master class mm -hmm. work. I directed their senior showcase in 2009 in New York City uh, at the Snapple Theater right in Times Square. Hey, hey that's where so I showcased. I, we love the Snapple. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, it was, uh, I've, I've had a, a long history with this institution. And when, when all the stars aligned and a position opened up and I was, I was ready uh to, to really move back uh, toward home, uh, this was a, a, a beautiful full circle mo moment for myself and my family. I love it. Um, all right, well, let's dive in now full circle into Ohio Northern. And I'm going to start with a, maybe a tough question of just like, in brief, what do you think it means to be Ohio Northern student and Ohio Northern student? Like what differentiates Ohio Northern from the CCMs and the, all the other schools that are out there? Totally. I, the, the best thing about this place are our students, first and foremost. And what I, what I uh, have really come to distinguish uh, about an Ohio Northern student, both when I was casting for theater works and, you know, and directing and hiring some of those students, and then, and then now that I am here, they're wildly talented, they're extremely driven, but they're not cutthroat. This is an environment that nurtures each other, that that pulls for each other. You know, when I my time in New York and L.A., it really is a relationship industry. And uh, there's something about the university and educational process that can that can cause more tension, more um more, more uh, negative competition than, than what actually happens in the real world, mm -hmm. you know? And, um, and so we really try to do the best uh, to, to put that front and center in terms of the culture of the place. These are people that you're going to hopefully grow very close to, grow up with, um, and then continue to make art and support each other for the rest of your professional life. And those were the things that... Um, in my experience as a professional artist, it was much more competitive and cutthroaty at school than it was once we got out mm -hmm. of school. And so we try to we try to bake that in right from the beginning of competition is good is to push you, to push yourself. My dad was a coach, very competitive. I, I view myself as a, you know, as mm -hmm. a as a, a head of a musical theater program, as a coach as much as anything mm -hmm. to inspire and push and challenge. Um, but at the end of the day, you really are a team and you hope that you can build that team spirit amongst each class so that they can go off and really support each other on their uh, on their on their own journeys and their uh, their journey as a group. And that's something that I think is unique about Ohio Northern and our students. That's beautifully said. And I think such a, a fine line to finding that healthy competitiveness, right? Finding that competitiveness that Absolutely. is motivating but not uh, destructive to you. Um, could we talk a little bit about the four years in terms of curriculum? And you can go as granular as you want here with the freshman, sophomore, junior, senior curriculum. Sure. What, what am I going to learn over the course of four years at Ohio Northern? 
Well, you're going to learn, uh, obviously, <laughs> the, the, uh, to become proficient in acting, singing, and dance training. One of the things that I love is we are a Meisner-based program. We, we focus on uh, other styles as well, but um, Meisner, Michael Chekhov, the archetypes work that I bring to the table, Laban, um, some uh, link letter in, in voice uh, and movement. Um, but but I, I like that it's not just generic scene study, you mm -hmm. know, that, that we're it's, it's all Stanislavski based, which maybe doesn't mean anything to anybody right up front that isn't well versed in that. But but the difference between having like general acting training and, mm -hmm. and, and really pinpointing what those techniques are, I think is very important for longevity in the field, something to be able to go back to that you uh, that you've really got a firm foundation for yourself in acting. Uh, in dance, um, we have a dance program as well. So once again, it's not just musical theater jazz or musical theater mm -hmm. ballet. It is tiered. Three levels of ballet, jazz, tap, um, uh, two musical theater styles, which are basically, once you get to that point, you're basically learning, you know, Broadway style combinations mm -hmm. or Broadway combinations uh, for a dancer call or a singer dancer call. Um, uh, but I... But it's important that it's tiered so that students are not just in the freshman class or the sophomore class or the you know junior class. They're constantly in class with people who are hopefully better than you and pushing you. Healthily, healthily pushing. So that, yeah, that's right. Um, uh, pushing you to, to uh, raise those skills every step of the way. And then on the music side, in the freshman year, uh, I mean, you've got voice lessons all the way through, obviously, but, you know, uh, you've got piano, you've got uh, music theory that that um, we're our, our resident music director, Michael Jordan, is terrific. And he teaches that class. So it is it is really about what do you need to know to be successful in the industry and um, and how can you learn to pick up music as quickly as possible mm -hmm. because it's so important, especially when um, one of the major ways into getting on Broadway is to do those new works, you know, to do those, uh, those, those uh, readings or those workshops. Mm -hmm. And the, the individuals that get in those readings and workshops are people that can pick up music quickly. So we really stress and it's built into the curriculum, the importance of sight singing, uh, and building those skills. And did you say this is Michael Jordan, not of the Chicago Bulls? Bulls, I'm guessing. Not, <laughs> not, but he has the audacity not to go with the middle initial. It doesn't have Michael B. Jordan. Exactly. Michael no, no, no. Jordan. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's that good. That's he impressive. just goes with straight Michael Jordan. That's yeah, impressive. I love it. it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I love all, the, all those disciplines. That's really great specifics. Is there one of those disciplines, kind of on the whole, that you feel like you focus the most on? Do you feel like you have it tiered, or is it really like all three very equal in terms of acting, singing, dancing? I think within the curriculum, you know, they're, they are very uh, equal. However, I would say we always believe you're an actor first. You're an actor when you're in the scene. You're mm -hmm. an actor when you're singing. You're an actor when you're, when you're uh, telling a story through movement. You're a storyteller every step of the way. And so I, I would say that, that um, we talk about acting in dance classes. We talk mm -hmm. about acting in the music classes. So there is, if anything takes... Some you know bumps up in some way. I, I would say that we are an, an an acting first program, 
But uh, the the curriculum is built very strong in all three disciplines. And then what about from an academic perspective? So what am I getting beyond my musical theater training as part of my BFA? Am I getting a lot yeah. of classes, a few classes? How does that work? And then maybe what are the abilities to minor and some of those other things that you might want to do if you're going to college? Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the things that I love about uh, a, a liberal arts education, you know, is is the ability to, for a well-rounded education. So there are there are liberal arts courses that that individuals uh, can and need to take. You know, it's about I don't I, it's about forty one hours I think, but some of those over overlap with mm-hmm. uh, uh, what some of the the major requirements are. You mean like well. a theater history class or those kind of things? Count exactly. As might might would it would account for you know part of the liberal yeah. arts uh, uh, education as well. I think it's great though to for students to be able to have. Um, a well-rounded education so that they bring more. I find that students bring more and artists in general bring more to the table when they have more information about the world around mm-hmm. them. And, and, and that's what I find so powerful about a liberal arts education. It also allows our students, I would say the majority of our students have a minor uh-huh. uh, uh, and, and marketing is a great minor. I always say, you know, as a, as a freelance artist, yep. you are a small business owner and entrepreneur. That's what you are. And if you can um, get those skills in marketing or business uh, to help you not just you, you get the great artistic training, but then you, you've got some business uh, know-how to be able to market yourself. And, you know, I had another student who, um, who actually had built uh, a side, uh, her side hustle was uh, managing social media accounts uh-huh. for businesses. Uh-huh. And that was just such a great, she never have to worry about money because she's got basically Boy, a, 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 a full-time, full-time pay with part-time work and while while I mean, following her passion. I know so, that's true for us. Any, any of our social media you see, it's done by one of our alumni students. It's just, I mean, absolutely. realistically, most people who are in their 40s are not as comfortable with social media as kids. This is a great way to, you know, for a lot of young people to be able to, you know, make a make a little living, make a little side. 100%. And also, you know, what is also unique about this place is it is possible to double major in some disciplines. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, it, it doesn't always mean that it will happen in four years, right. <laughs> you know, but it being a small program, being a liberal arts school, we really are student focused, student first, and, and we really come at it from the approach we don't like yes and no. We like, well, what would it take? And then, and then mm-hmm. give the student the option of, you know, is that something that you're, you're interested in doing? Here's how we think we can make it work. You know, what are your main priorities? We have one student that is um, a musical theater and an engineering major. Mm-hmm. That student is not going to be out of here in four years, mm-hmm. but they've played leading roles and they're doing great in their, in their engineering uh, career mm-hmm. as well. So, it's, you know, it, again, the, the, the joy and why I like to teach at a, at a, a liberal arts school in a smaller school like this is, is the freedom of choice and the ability to really try to lay things out for students. We like that, uh, that personal interaction and, and being able to help each student reach their own unique educational goals. I love it. Um, and you mentioned a little bit that you had um, previously directed the showcase. Can we talk a little bit about the kind of launch into the business? So how are you preparing from before showcase into showcase? How are you preparing your seniors to now enter into the theater industry as a whole? 
Absolutely. It's a great question. Um, and it's incredibly important. At, when I was at TheaterWorks, I was one of those people that would get the postcards for all of those mm -hmm. <laughs> showcases. You know, I would just have hundreds and hundreds of those postcards and I'd only go have time to really go to a handful mm -hmm. of those showcases. It's just the nature of the beast. Um, I've been working for uh, many years with Rachel Hoffman at Telsey & Co. Uh, Rachel is a friend from uh, back in the day when we were all musical theater majors at different schools, but we all knew one another. Um, she's an incredible resource for our students. And I think post-COVID, the showcase experience has changed wildly and, mm -hmm. and, and needs to change. It's time for a change. So the virtual showcase becomes incredibly important. Um, Matt Simpkins, who I know does some work for MTCA, he, he, uh, we went to his, uh, um, uh, his studio in Brooklyn and shot our virtual mm -hmm. showcase there, which was an awesome experience for students. Matt Simpkins, Ohio Northern grad. Is, is, that's that's right. Know, yeah. That's right. That's right. Also MTCA videographer, headshot photographer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, shout out to, shout out to Matt. Cause he's a great shout guy out. too. Yeah. Um, uh, but, um, so we did the New York experience this year. Rather than doing a show, renting out a theater, plopping everybody down, sending out postcards mm -hmm. and hope people show up, which is an, a, an enormous expense as well, mm -hmm. um, we used those funds in a slightly different way. So we had Rachel Hoffman work with our students virtually. We had her come uh, and work with our students here on campus. Um, I was directing... Uh, Anne of Green Gables when she was here. So she got to see opening night of our Anne of Green Gables, which was great. Um, and, and, and to build a personal relationship with her. Then we rented out space in Open Jar, uh, Open Jar Studios, mm -hmm. and, and brought in a bunch of casting directors, agents, uh, Broadway performers, so that our students can do their materials for, for, for industry professionals, but but get direct feedback from them mm -hmm. and then also begin building a relationship with them. And I think that's going back to, you know, that this is a relationship industry and that's really who we are as an institution. That feels very much in line with where we're going to continue going. It was really very successful. It's so well said, and, and I think it's something that all businesses, you know, regardless of theater, but certainly in the theater world right now, have to figure out now coming out of 2020, how do we live in a hybrid world? I mean, That's what right. do we do in person? What makes sense virtually? What are we used to? What works? What doesn't, you know, we, we did that with all of our classes. We go, now I guess we have to keep virtual forever because it's so convenient and this worked. And and then how do we bring in the live and how do we bring in That's the That's right. Virtually? And I do. Sure. And I think I, I think you're exactly right. I think it's a balance, you know, to be able to do both. And, and it's. I, I also think that it's a great um, from pedagogically, it's great for our students because if the yeah. if the if the virtual audition is not going away anytime soon, then it, it's incumbent upon us to to teach those skills as well, yeah. and and building that into the curriculum which we've already done, and then and then including that in the capstone experience makes perfect educational sense. Well, and it is just catching catching colleges up to where the industry actually already was. I mean, That's my right. partner booked the lead in a Broadway musical for which she got a Tony nomination without ever walking into a room. I mean, truly, <laughs> all all on a little phone. I mean, people are like, "How do you do it?" I'm like, "On this little iPhone is how." That's how people book jobs. It's even even musical theater jobs. It's just it's how it works. 
Um, let's talk a little bit about um, where your students come from and then where they end up. So I'd love to kind of hear sure. how many students are in the Ohio area already or, you know, within however close driving distance, how many come from all over the country, all over the world, and then graduating, how many end up staying in the Ohio area, going to New York City versus yeah. other going to Chicago, going to L.A., all the different places people could go. Sure. That's a great question. I don't have exact numbers for you for all of those uh, percentages. What I would say is that. Uh, Ohio Northern University as a whole um, pulls a lot from the region, Indiana, Mm -hmm. Ohio, Illinois, Pennsylvania, you know. Musical theater throws off <laughs> throws off the the curve every which way because mm-hmm. we're pulling from all over the country. So we've got we have students from from Texas and Florida and uh, New York and all over the country. And we're we're I mean it makes sense too. We're recruiting. You know we mm-hmm. we've seen your students in Chicago and New York and mm-hmm. all over the place. We go down to Tampa and Dallas and. Um, it, we may be going out to LA next year. You know, it, it, so we're polling students. I would say our students in musical theater are from all over the country. Mm-hmm. I would say that the three major, uh, uh, most of our students tend to go to Los Angeles or New York or Chicago. And, mm-hmm. and, and it's, um, I, I don't know that uh, there are clear numbers in terms of who's going where, but mm-hmm. I, I do find that some of our students from out west want to go back out west. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, we also are building mo- into our curriculum more and more acting for the camera work um, so that those students who want to do both musical theater and TV and film have mm-hmm. have exposure and access to those skills as well. So um it's, it is a New York-centric focus to the musical theater program and the showcase and all of that. But we're highly supportive of individuals that want to, you know, may want to go to Chicago uh, mm-hmm. first or, um, or, or go, go out to, to Los Angeles. We have a handful of people working uh, professionally also in Vegas. One of our leads is doing one of the uh, uh-huh. leading role in one of the Vegas shows right now. We've got a couple people in Atlanta as well, which is a great mm-hmm. market um, uh, as well. But I would say the majority of our, of our students tend to go to either New York, Chicago, or, or Los Angeles. Totally makes sense. Um, let's chat a little bit about cost. Um, so we looked up, we try to look up because uh, otherwise professors don't always know how to quote their own tuitions. The full-time sure. state <laughs> tuition on the, on the website is uh, $36,500. Let's just talk about like, how does this work with scholarships? How does it work? You know, what could I expect to pay if I audition for you in Chicago and I really like your school, but I can't afford that full tuition? Where would you expect, you know, sort of how does scholarship negotiation work and where do people tend to, to land? So there, there are many many scholarship opportunities. There, there are good scholarship opportunities uh, academically, and, there are, and then there are also talent uh, award scholarships too. Numbers are hard to, it's, it's different for every person, right? But I would say that we uh, are comparable to most other other schools. I, I I don't know of anyone who pays sticker price. Let's put it that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so uh, I would not be uh, I would not be uh, afraid of the sticker price. I I would say um, 
audition, put your materials forward, and then that conversation begins. But there mm-hmm. are there are large scholarships available for academics, and there are also talent-based awards as well. We love to hear it. Um, my last question on this section is just, um, you know, we just passed May 1st, and so people have been deciding, do I go here? Or go, God forbid, waitlist movement. We'll talk about that maybe. But um, as people are kind of making that decision of where to sign on the dotted line, what do you feel like makes them decide, yes, Ohio Northern? And what, if you ever hear the feedback, makes them go, you know what? It was between you and someone else, and I'm going with someone else. Like, What, what makes them say yes, and what makes them say no to you? Um, I think it's vital to come to campus. You know, uh, the, I can't tell you how many people that I've said, I, you know, I didn't really know a ton about your program. I, 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 the things that I saw, I was very interested in. Um, uh, it, it checked a lot of boxes of what I was looking for, but I didn't really know I was interested. And then they come here and, and that is the deciding factor. Mm-hmm. We have some very unique things, uh, about us, uh, being a smaller liberal arts institution, um, we bring 30 to 40 guest artists to campus a year, uh, which is uh, pretty unheard of for a school our size. And so to be able to get the personal attention, to have uh, a culture built on uh, mutual respect and support of one another, uh, um, I think is is uh, very apparent um, we are in Ohio. People are kind here. They are they are competitive and driven and uh, and, and work extremely hard. And they're kind. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many people I met from Ohio in both Los Angeles and and in New York. Um, uh, uh, I would also say, you know, that the, if someone is looking for a big city. Um, experience. This is not it, and so that might be the that might be the thing that would that some students mm-hmm. might choose. Um, you know, I really want to go to school in in New York City. Well, mm-hmm. we're we're not New York City, and we're not going to be. But well, I, or if they're I, just really not into kindness, maybe. maybe <laughs> people, but but I but I do think that um, I do think that there's something to coming to a place where you can where getting great at your craft and that's your focus for the next four years without distraction mm-hmm. is really important um, and unique. Um, and, uh, and I think it's a real benefit uh, to us. That said, some, some individuals are going to, are going to want a bigger, uh, a bigger city experience. And that makes total sense to me too. All right, we're going to take a short break. On the back end of the break, we're going to get into the audition and admission process for Ohio Northern. Fantastic. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, we are back with David Coolidge, and we're going to chat about the audition process for Ohio Northern. My first question, it's a doozy. In short, what makes a great audition for you? What do you want to see in a room? I want to see I want to see someone be themselves. Uh, I want to see uh, I want to see them really embody the character. Um, I, I want to I want to see someone who it doesn't have to be like wild emotion, but an honest connection to text. Mm-hmm. Uh, a true honest emotion uh, is is thrilling to watch. Um, an audition that doesn't look pre-programmed but leaves room for uh, the element of surprise. Someone who's living in the moment um, and and open to um, and open to an actual emotional experience. That's mm-hmm. thrilling. That is thrilling to watch. Can um, I can I push a, a little farther on uh, sure. and ask you an impossible question that you're not going to be able to answer, but we'll do our best. Um, if you were to try to like visualize or actualize what looking like yourself was like, because I think that's the kind of advice that people have gotten a lot, and I think yeah. they certainly get it from MTCA. And so, you know, there are, there will be the maybe exception student who really is trying to be someone else. But let's imagine a student walks in and go, "I'm trying to be me." What does that look like? How do you see a student go? That student's really being themselves. Well, I think there's two. That's a great question. And and we actually we actually don't talk about it all a lot in in specific terms. Mm -hmm. To me, being yourself is. um, and, and, And this is built into the curriculum, too, is honoring yourself enough to take up space in the room. Mm hmm. To believe that you are worthy and, and that you are worthy of being in the space, that you are worthy of, of doing the work. That's uh, whether it's an audition for a program, whether it's in school, or whether it's, uh, you know, when you're auditioning professionally, everybody wants you to do well. Everybody mm-hmm. is on your side, you know, and that takes a while as an actor to really let that sink in that um, your your job is not to like try to be something that you think somebody wants you to be. It's Mm -hmm. you to be the fullest version of who you are because that's what the world needs. That's what the world wants. You being the fullest version of yourself and then let the chips fall where they may. Mm -hmm. The right opportunity will rise up for you when it's the right opportunity for you. And you honestly, I mean, that, that was the tipping point for me as an artist when I could get to a point of, I'm just going in and doing my work. I love doing the work. I mm-hmm. love being in a in a space with artists. I love that. You know, mm-hmm. and and if I can if I can look at that as my job of just going in and doing my work, then then beautiful. I got to I got to be an artist today. That's what I got to do today. It's so well said, and I'm not sure, maybe especially our parent listeners, but even some of our 17, 18 year old listeners, I'm not sure that they always would hear be your authentic self as take up space. And I think, and maybe that's not always what someone's saying, but I think it's such a great way of saying that of like the confidence not to people please 
Because people, you know, even sometimes students who are not necessarily trying to put on a show of someone else, if they're there trying to make you like them, then they're not really living in their full authentic they're, selves. They're, they're not actually being that. I mean, my my partner and my, my my wife is a, you know, an Alexander Technique specialist and a self-care specialist. So uh-huh. we do we do a lot of talk at home about, you know, being your true authentic self, taking up space, being yeah. worthy. Um, I've gotten a, I, I get... I get a daily t- dose of Brené Brown from from my wife, which I, which I think is helpful, though you know. And it's it it really is it really is uh, uh, it's so important. And and I think that that's something that I, I I actually think it's something that students notice when they audition for us too. Like that is yeah. we really do take that into the space that we it is not like. We've got this great thing to hand down to you if we if we give you the opportunity to come to the school. It really is about let's let's let honest individuals and artists be in the space together, and and we'll see if we think that we can be of service to you, you know. Mm-hmm. And we're looking for potential. Do, do does that energy line up? And yeah. and I and I say that to students too, like. You know, even even those students, you know, that I'm I, I really think would be a great, great fit here. I truly, from the depths of my being, want people to end up where they're meant to be. Mm-hmm. I want them to be where they're meant to be. Um, uh, I, you know, in many cases, will hope that it's here. Um, but but I also know that, you know, the times in my life when I have seen the most growth was because I I really had a gut feeling about that this is where I'm supposed to be. These mm-hmm. are the people I'm meant to learn from at this time in my life, and yeah. and so that is some that is also separate um, from from uh, the experience of taking on a character, right? I mean, it, mm-hmm. it goes it goes hand in hand with that. But we really try to leave space as much as possible to actually have communication with with individuals because we want to we want to we want to meet individuals as human beings it's so well said and i, I love that you brought Brene brown into this because it is such a vulnerable experience to audition that way people don't think of like taking up more space and having more confidence as being vulnerable but it really is because then you then you are able to be rejected versus if you come in and you're already pre-rejecting yourself it's actually not that vulnerable of an experience to walk in and apologize immediately like well, and, you're and, not, and, you and, that's, up. and that's the whole ball game in what we do as artists you know, I, I mean, I I like to teach the uh, the uh, first acting class if possible, just to kind of set the tone and and really mm-hmm. be in community with with our freshmen coming in, and and we talk an awful lot about how hard it is to do what we do. You know, mm-hmm. it is ch- it, there are not many other professions that require you to bear your soul, like that that's a mm-hmm. prerequisite to, mm-hmm. you know, to, to learning how to master uh, emotion, how, how emotion moves through your body energetically and, mm-hmm. and the ability to take on somebody else's story, somebody else's situation and be vulnerable enough to not know what's going to happen next and move through really challenging uh, scenarios is, it, it takes an enormous amount of vulnerability and it requires the safest of spaces to be able to to really get at that. It's, it's so, so well said. Um, if you had to guess how much of your decision to artistically say yes or no 
is based on some of these things we're talking about here, which are these more intangibles, things you might learn in the interview, things you might learn when you give them an adjustment, how they walk in a room, all that. How much is based on those kind of intangible factors versus how much is based on you know, a numerical score that they're getting as a singer, what you're seeing in the monologue work as an actor, like how yep. much do you feel like is about the human and how much about the actor artist in front of you? Well, I, I think in some ways it goes hand in hand when I, for me, I feel like the moment I, I, I made the switch to looking at, um, uh, individual, like people at artists as full, as full self, it really does go hand in hand much of the time. You know, and the one thing that I would say that we really look for is potential in someone when it comes to the acting side of things is potential. Mm -hmm. And if someone is you can tell that they are green, right, that they just haven't had as much training or or access to training in, mm -hmm. in, 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 in many cases, too. But they are they have a very good sense of who they are. You can tell that they work hard. You can tell that they, that they, they want to become great at something. Um, I'll take that any day of the week. Uh -huh. it, you know what I mean? Uh, it went when there's great potential there. Um, and, and so there are, that also lines up with with individuals who are wildly talented too, you know, mm -hmm. who, who are driven and know who they are and know what they want. Um, but I would say, I would say those, those two things, uh, go hand in hand, but, but knowing, getting a sense of, of work ethic, um, uh, getting a sense of, uh, that someone is an ethical human being, Getting a sense that someone is uh, that there is respect for your fellow person, you know, for for all peoples, is is very important. One of my jobs at TheaterWorks when I was uh, assistant artistic director is if we had a bad seed in a cast. Mm -hmm. They would fly me out to fire that person and input a new person. You know how it is. I mean, like those were bus and trucks. You've got you've got, mm -hmm. you know, six, seven, together. eight people driving around country in a mm -hmm. van. If you for lack, if you have a cancer in that cast, mm -hmm. you've got to cut it out fast or the whole mm -hmm. thing goes down. And, and that really taught me something uh, about building teams early on, um, how to expect the most and the best out of individuals and, and, and give one of the things that my parents said, I'm kind of all over the place now, but this is a podcast. So I guess yeah, why not? For, Let right? it run. We'll, we'll you know? chop it up if we need to. <laughs> one of the things that I really appreciated with the, the way I was parented and that I, I strive imperfectly to do every day with my own children is, is that they, tr they gave their trust from the beginning. Like mm -hmm. that they, they expected the best out of us and, and that trust and that belief was so powerful that we never wanted to lose that, you mm -hmm. know, and, and, and I've always tried to be a leader that does that off, off the bat with, with students and, and creative teams uh, as well, you know, that that it 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 feels so much more empowering to someone to to be given that trust and and want to live up to that thing mm. rather than to feeling like I'm less than the whole time trying to live up to an expectation I can never meet. 
Totally. And 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 I have found I've been fortunate to with even some individuals that other people have had issue with uh, mm-hmm. at times have 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 had great relationships with those individuals. Uh, because they're a blank slate when they start with me, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> you know, and I, and I, and I think we really try to do that with our students. Yeah. And often it does just take belief. It takes someone really believing in you to then go, Oh, I can put down some of this other stuff and, and move forward with the work. Um, I, I'd love to hear you mentioned putting together a team, which segues perfectly to my next question of just when you're thinking about the team, that is the class, that is the cohort you're putting together. How else are you thinking about other factors like, gender balance and height balance, racial diversity, size balance, geographical, if that factors in. I'd love to hear both, like, how does that factor into the initial offers and then into waitlist movement for you if students say no and then you have to go to other people? How does that work in terms of the class that you're constructing and how conscious you are of some of those factors? I think it's something we are we are definitely aware of and want to make sure that there is uh, that we do our best to, to give access to as diverse a class as possible. This is just being upfront and honest about the mm-hmm. way it is for a lot of us who 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 lead programs. Is is that uh, uh, we may do our best to to promote that, and that doesn't always shake out in that mm-hmm. in, in that way in the end. You know what I mean? And so you mean in terms of who says yes to you, right? You could say yes to a bunch of people, and then they're yeah. exactly, exactly, exactly. I'm trying to become much more strategic about it in terms of building relationships with coaches, building relationships with um, performing arts high schools or mm-hmm. even uh, community colleges uh, to, to try to uh, uh, to try to put ourselves in the path of as unique and varied individuals as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I think I have control over in terms of recruitment. Beyond that, and this maybe gets at uh, uh, some diversity as well, is is then we have within our purview a budget, right? So if we bring in 30 to 40 guest artists a year, uh, then we've got some we've got some real uh, uh, where we are blessed and fortunate to be able to have that to then look and say, who do our students need to have exposure mm-hmm. to? What experiences do they need to have? Uh, what what mindsets and what uh, um, what do we provide as a faculty? But then what don't we provide, and how can we how can we offer those experiences to our students? And we do that through our guest arts program all the time. I love that. Um, on the academic end, so let's say you've you've said yes to these number of people, you've seen auditions, you really like them artistically. What needs to happen on the academic end in terms of grades or SATs, um, essays, et cetera? How does that interact in terms of getting a, a full green light for the student to be accepted? So the student has to apply to both the university and to uh, uh, the School of Visual and Performing Arts. Um, and they actually, each student won't hear anything back from us until they apply to the university. Uh-huh. So the university, um, the academic side of it is though pretty separate from, 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 I, I actually at this point don't have much interaction with, with that portion of it. Cause we make our recommendations and then the university will, 
uh, will make their recommendation and then go to our recommendation. Where and I, do they, does that include like you won't read their essays, you wouldn't see their common app essay or any of those kind of things, or would you still read the the potentially or see some aspect of their application? I have at this point, I have not seen their essays. Mm-hmm. That's not entirely accurate. I've had I've had a handful of situations where uh, where I have come into contact with it, but I don't. I have not seen um, the majority. Of the the majority of them. That's right. The, that's right. That's right. Um, is that true of a letter of recommendation as well that you, uh, for the most part, are not seeing them unless there's an issue or unless there's a, something you need to... On the fence or something like that. Yeah, now, fence. I will yeah. say for those individuals, I have had individuals, um, especially at some of our on-campus interviews, that will include letters of recommendation into their packet that we that uh-huh. we are handed. Um, uh-huh. and, and, I've, and, and that has happened at, um, at times at, um, uh, you know, the unified auditions as well. Did but, they bring him with them? Yeah, yeah. That better be uh, Marlon Brando. Better have written that essay, right? That better, be, that better be a really good letter, Greg, if you're bringing into the audition room. That's funny. Um, I'd love to talk a little bit about just kind of looking back and looking ahead. You know, from the navigating the school through uh, COVID and and the virtual shutdown and those things. What have you learned? I mean, other than the showcase stuff we talked about, what have you learned and what has changed um, from 2020 and from that, that experience? How are we moving forward and what are, what are sort of anticipated changes and growth? And, you know, as we move into the next decade, what are we expecting um, more from in, in, in Ohio North? A couple of things. Um, one, we have doubled down on the importance of swings and understudies. Mm-hmm. So much so that we're fully, for the most part, fully casting, casting those out and knowing if it's an internal swing or internal. I mean, we're basically doing what the industry does and then uh, leaving space in the rehearsal space to actually to actually have Uh that experience. Um, So uh, we had I also (laughs) I also um, not every director does this, but but. For, for the shows that I direct, I ask the cast to be off book by the first rehearsal. Mm-hmm. And um, that mirrors pretty much what you want to do if you're in a major summer stock situation. Yeah. You know, the last summer stock, I, I did Blythe Spirit, which is a 100-page play, you know, and, and played the, the one of the leads in it. If you're not off book by day one, putting this thing up in 12 to 14 days, sure. you're toast, yep. <laughs> you know? And so um, one thing that that does is, you know, a weekend into the rehearsal process, we lost one of our main actors. Well, her understudy, she was off book too, wow. jumped right into rehearsal and, and it was a seamless transition. Mm-hmm. And, and the two things that I think that that, breeds too is the importance of hard work and that that work ethic Uh, but then you know so much of this business is just being prepared when the opportunity presents Mm -hmm. itself you know and uh and 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 that was a that was a prime example of that so so the uh post-covid the importance of understudies and uh and swings and being able to uh, learn, you know, that swing brain mm-hmm. if, or, or learn if you have a mm-hmm. swing brain, you know, to be able to do that. Cause if you, if you can do that, you are highly marketable, um, you, you know, and, and so we want to provide space for those individuals who think that that's what they may want to do to really become great at that before they graduate. Um, the virtual experiences. So building in, uh, within, into the curriculum, 
self tapes, mm-hmm. um, uh, how, you know, the basics of lighting and how to set up a home studio mm-hmm. and all of those things so that, uh, you can, uh, you can present well on camera as well mm-hmm. as, uh, in person, uh, building that into the virtual showcase, uh, as well. And then also just the importance of, um, uh, uh, with TV and film, how how that is that is going to be more and more important going forward, so that that students have access to other ways within the industry to make a fine living, mm-hmm. whether it's voiceover work or commercial work or TV and film. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to be able to hit everything, you know. It, you're you're not you're you're studying musical theater, but in a relatively short amount and concentrated amount of time, you can get an idea if you have a real interest in something to go off and get further training and, uh, and information on that. And then lastly, as the, as the industry is shifting and changing, creating more space for more people mm-hmm. um, and, and, and looking at the, the, what we are the pieces that we are choosing, which are always chosen for our students, it's not like, what do I want to direct, mm-hmm. but what's going to be the right educational choice for our students, uh, for each of our students. Um, but that also includes, you know, um, is there is there non-traditional casting that we can really that we can really think mm-hmm. about uh, and 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 um, and creating challenge. Uh, interesting, important, and challenging scenarios where it fosters more conversation around diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm-hmm. I love it. This is four awesome things to take away from COVID. We love. Um, I'll give you my yeah. last question, which is just, if you think about the parents out there, and this also could be the students who are navigating this process on their own, but the parents who are our listeners who are going, okay, maybe I'm a junior. I'm just kind of starting this process. I'm trying to figure out what I should be doing as I approach um, specifically Ohio Northern, but also just the process in general. Any advice for those parents out there? I have such great empathy for parents now that I am a parent, for one. Um, two, I had a great relationship with my parents, and fortunately. But I also, I, I started off with a, pre, uh, a full ride in pre-medicine mm. and then made the switch uh, to musical theater. So I had to have that conversation. An equally practical degree. But one practical degree to another. Right, that's right. So I had that conversation with my parents, you know, after my freshman year mm-hmm. of, I think this is what I'm feeling led to do. Mm-hmm. And, and they were very supportive. But um, uh, it really is, it's a family decision. It is, mm-hmm. you know. And 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 I applaud parents for uh, their, you know, their support and also for them uh, challenging students to really make make the decisions for themselves as well, but it also is at the end of the day, it's a it's a family choice in many in, in many cases. It's a financial responsibility mm-hmm. and strong conversations that need to take place around that. Um, there are there are also conversations to, to be had around, you know. I think for a long time, especially pre-COVID, it was like, you know, what's the what are what are the lists say that the top schools are in this sort mm-hmm. of thing, right? You know, and so everybody's gunning for you know four or five different schools or something like that. And I think the conversation is really shifting to where am I going to feel nurtured, supported? Mm-hmm 
and be able to grow into the fullness of who I am as a human being, as an artist. Like what place is going to help me do that? Mm -hmm. Because that in itself, and you also got to make sure that they have good, strong connections to the industry and all of that sort of thing, you know, but, but at the end of the day for, I always say it's a marathon, not a sprint. And if you, if you can take four years to become great at something and have a better understanding of who you are as a human being um, and, and make great connections with people, that is going to serve you. That's going to serve you so well. We love to have students to come to campus mm -hmm. or uh, to have parents come uh -huh. to campus too. Um, we're also, <laughs> it, we're fortunate in that we've got an inn. It's called The Inn on campus. So, you know, you should see opening nights of shows here. Everybody, like all the parents will come fly in, you know, and they all stay at The mm -hmm. Inn. And it's like a raucous party in the in With the, the parents? The parents are getting down, huh? Parents are having the a lobby party. of this hotel. The parents all know one another. The students they stay up like like Rachel Hoffman came and saw opening night of Anna Green Gables, uh -huh. and they they left on a Thursday night. They left the they left the restaurant open, you know, the bar open, so that everybody could be there, and the entire program could go over there and meet there. Parents could could meet, and it's it's a nice it's an it's a nice atmosphere. But I have great. My parents were educators. They did not know the first thing about, about this business at all. I, I was a kid who had a love of it, a passion for it, and no idea what it meant to be an artist mm -hmm. as a career and how to navigate my way through that. And so I have a great deal of empathy for parents and for students that are in, in that same way. And I think it's why I'm so deeply passionate, not only about the the training in terms of, uh, you know, uh, your acting and singing and dancing and, and, and getting those skills to where they need to be, but also the to really have an honest conversation about what finances mm -hmm. are, what how to manage contracts, how to manage how to start a Roth IRA so that you have a retirement mm -hmm. account, how to how to navigate taxes and and write offs. And if you have if you have a lot of student loan debt, perhaps you should really think about a cruise ship for two years because you could pay the entirety of your mm -hmm. student loan debt off in one or two years, like to get strategic and specific about what what the finances are, the implications are. And, and how to set yourself up for a long longevity in the career rather than just going, I just want to, I just want to perform. Mm -hmm. The passion is great. It's wonderful. It's awesome. And you need it. You need that, that bright shining light that you need to continue to foster the, to push you forward. But if I had not had some very specific individuals tell me very specific focused information around finances and how to take care mm -hmm. of myself, I would be in a very different position today than I, than I am. And I am so grateful for that information. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's a, it's, it is the business of the business is, uh, is a major concern for me and making sure that all students leave this place with a clear understanding of the business of show business. So well said, I'm just going to jump back to something you said a little earlier of, a. Uh, so many of our students, you know, we're talking about students who are more interested in finding their fit. So many of our students 
they used to come to us saying these three schools, these four schools, whatever it was. And we would say here, yes, great. We'll go for the, but also we're going to help you find your fit. Look about this great school. Right. How about this great school? That, that was, I mean, you know, 15 years ago when we were doing this, that was a huge effort on our end to say, consider sure. more schools. Now students come to us and very few are locked into one or two schools. I mean, they'll That's say, I've got, I, want, I like this school. And you'll see schools on a lot of people's lists, but they'll also say, I want the right place for me. I'm looking at a diverse landscape. I mean, that information has now really gotten out that there are so many great programs, not just because of this podcast, though, at least partly so. Um, no, really I would, I would say, it. yeah, but I, I think you've had a real hand in, in, in shifting that landscape too. Well, we'll take the credit, of course. We'll take the compliment yeah. to wrap it up. <laughs> um, if people want to follow more about Ohio Northern, um, we see ONU Theater Arts on Instagram. Are there other better places for people to be checking out things um, in terms of the ONU world? There's a Facebook page. There's a TikTok page. Uh-oh, TikTok. Uh-oh. Um, uh, there, we're we're. Um, uh, uh, I am. I, I should be much more up on all of the socials. Uh, but I. It's in the email that I send everybody. Um, the beautiful thing about it, we've got. We have actually have a work study. Uh, couple of students that run run the whole thing, and they know exactly what students want to see and how to interact. And uh, they do a they do a really terrific job with that. But we do have we do have a, a Facebook page. Uh, most most go through Instagram, uh, and there is a there is a Twitter account or a, 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 um, a TikTok account. I love it. I, I just well did uh, for as, as long as the government allows. Yeah, exactly. As long as you can have to go. I just did a, <laughs> an Instagram post yesterday, and uh, I got a couple. My friends were like, "That was a really good post," and I was like, "Oh my god, this is like from Mother's Day post for my my partner." And I was like how bad were my posts before? (laughs) I read it again. I was like, this isn't that good. But they're like, you're really getting Instagram. I was like, oh, thanks. Great. Good. This is really embarrassing. You never know what the algorithm is like, like what's going to, what's going to catch fire. Um, All right. Well, David, this was so fun getting to chat with you. Um, Thanks so much for the time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. And thank you for what you do for students and, and families, too. I, I, I remember navigating this as, you know, as a young person with my parents who really just didn't know. We didn't know the first thing about going through this. And so I, I think you provide a great service for both students and families. And I appreciate what you're doing. You weren't kidding about people at Ohio Northern being kind. There it is. It's just showing off some <laughs> kindness. <laughs> Well, howdy. I hope you enjoyed that episode with David. I thought he was just a delightful person to chat with. So quick and clearly has his finger on the pulse of the college and professional landscape. I'm just going to do a little head nod and co-sponsor to some of the other stuff we've talked about before. I really like the realistic way he talked about minors and double majors, how they can work within a BFA liberal art MT program. We know, of course, each program is different, but if a program's professor is saying it's easy to double major, I would always make sure I'm double checking with some current students to see how true that is. Uh, More programs than not will take this kind of creativity approach that David speaks of, even whilst many do encourage it and want their students to do it, while, of course, we know some conservatory style programs will more actively discourage something like a double major. I also really love the conversation around taking up space as a version of being yourself. We've talked a lot about confidence and owning a room and different versions of this conversation of taking up space. So I'm not going to do a full size takeaway here on that. Don't worry. Come unified. That's what 80% of my takeaways will be about confidence. I promise. But I do just want to throw a thought toward the way you listen to faculty talk about this question of being yourself. 
If you're a frequent listener to the pod, you know that some version of be your authentic self as advice should be a given at this point, right? It used to be a little more unique. You know, we used to be a little more unique as MTCA, given that we would, you know, sort of advise that strongly, where some of the more out-of-touch coaches might talk about type or they're trying to add polish or professionalism as if that's sort of what gets you into school. But to be honest, now the cat is out of the bag in the idea of walking in the room and being you. That's not really a debate on if it's about that or some other version of trying to impress them. But I think the onus now shifts a bit more toward the how of it all. How do you walk in a room prepared to have an organic, authentic experience as your actual human self? You know, I'm going to really try to keep pressing faculty so you can hear their perspectives on that question as it comes up and as they give that advice. But that's something you should all really be investigating for yourself. You know, how do you do that personally? Is it about more confidence for you and taking up space? Uh, is it about a relationship with your nerves? Uh, is it your people pleasing that's getting in the way of you having that dynamic give and take experience? Is it some bad habits you've built up from doing shows as a kid that you got to break these bad habits? You know, is it a deep investigative journey you need to take for yourself in discovering a bit more of what makes you uniquely you? I think especially in the online world we live in, uh, it's easy to kind of fall into groupthink, not just on big stuff like politics, but as sort of a default of like, what does the group think? And sometimes you need to unplug a bit and figure out what is that quiet voice inside of me that says, absent the loud noise of social media or your parents or whatever it is shouting louder than your own voice, right? But whatever it is that you feel like you need, put some of that plan in place of how you can walk into rooms as yourself. It will serve you in your collegiate audition career, but also certainly professionally um, as an actor, it'll be a great service to you. The other mini takeaway I wanted to do was just a chat about Showcase. We talked about this a bit before with David Schmidt from the University of Utah, but I just want to again highlight that idea of what David Coolidge said about their creative approach to a capstone experience. That's not to say that there isn't a lot of value to Showcase at schools where you're going to get a preponderance of agents and a huge percent of their class will sign with representation immediately. Though I will also say, not everyone from my class at Carnegie Mellon was signed directly from Showcase. And with some of the schools that say, we got 100% or we got 99% or whatever numbers they say, there can be a bit of fuzzy math in that an agent does not always mean the same thing as an agent, right? There are some agents out there who will sign a ton of people and may not be a fit for a young student who will actively wants an advocate getting them into professional rooms. Um, you know, obviously it's a comedic version, but if you think of like Andy Bernard's agent on The Office, there are things that are not that far out there from uh, the, that kind of character. I think it was Roseanne who played that uh, character. Um, there are things that exist in the New York City landscape that are not that different than that. Um, but all this is to say, thinking about the experience of graduating in the industry, I would try to be open to creativity from what the school offers. In fact, I think I'd be looking for it. I certainly want them to help launch me into the business beyond getting my diploma. I need something. But exactly what that means can really shift significantly in 2023, or if you really think about it, 2027, 28, when you're going to be graduating, or depending on when you're listening to this, it could be three years from now, it's 2031 or whatever. Right? Creativity can look like a digital showcase. It can look like bringing casting directors directly to school. It can look like facilitating internship opportunities. It can look for help in building a website and developing what that is for yourself or uh, alternate career paths and many, many more things. But for most schools, the answer is unlikely to be, we do an in-person showcase in New York and LA, the way it was when I graduated from school. That was kind of the standard when I graduated, you know, a, a little over a decade ago. 
there were a lot of schools then who were doing showcases that were lightly attended and that only increased after i graduated that's again a lot of schools doing showcases that aren't necessarily bringing a lot of agents or a lot of high quality agents into them so like many aspects of this business the schools had to adapt and as you listen to all of these launch into the business answers that you hear from from different faculty members keep listening to hear for their creativity their innovation and what will continue to change in the years to come well, that's it. Another episode in the books. This one produced by the wonderful Megan Cordier and worthy of five stars in your platform of choice, if I do say so myself. Be sure to subscribe to us. Follow us on Instagram at Mapping the College Edition. Check out our website for information on ways MTCA can help you with your individual college prep. To my young artists out there mapping their journeys, if you're not from Ohio, you're still allowed to be kind. In fact, we recommend it. We'll see you next week. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.